Blog Talk Radio. everybody to another episode of BC Interruption Radio. I'm your host, AJ Black, here again as always with Eric Hostis, who's going to be calling in in just a moment. We're putting this together pretty quickly as uh, life has been pretty hectic for both of us. Um, so it's back. Football's back. You know, a lot of talk about BC uh, having a successful year this year. I can't wait. We have UMass this weekend, a one o'clock start at Alumni Stadium. Looks like it's going to be some cool weather. It's going to be about 70, which is great because right now in Boston, it's a heat index of 105, and I'm sweating my balls off right now in this weather. It's it's disgusting out. Um, I, obviously, the big story this year is going to be the play of A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, uh, you know, top 10 in terms of running backs last year, so he's looking to improve on his year last year. Oh, Eric's here. Eric, you're joining us. You there? AJ, what's going on? Hey, welcome. Thank you for uh, for uh, taking the time to do another podcast. I was just saying it really feels weird that college football is back given the heat that we're having right now. I'm dripping sweat trying to talk on this computer. Oh, I know. it. It's uh, 95 degrees and... I'm sitting in a room with air conditioning, but uh, this is the kind of this is the kind of day that makes me uh, just about done with the summer and ready to move on to the fall and football season for sure. Must be nice for the football team to have the new uh, fish indoor practice facility with weather like this. Doesn't help anyone oh, to go outside Christ, and practice. Yeah, yeah that would have been brutal they, today. I'm sure they can control temperature in there and at least make it manageable for them to work in. Oh, absolutely. So we're talking. We're talking, it's UMass week. Uh, college football is back. We have two games tomorrow. I think it's Wake Forest and Tulane. Um, the, the, two games that with, with teams that BC are playing. It's Wake Forest and Tulane, and there's another one I'm blanking on. Northwestern and Purdue, I think. Um, yes, they're both tomorrow. So I think those are going to be two fun games to watch. Um, both of those teams are going to be interesting matchups for BC. You know, they're they're in that category. A lot of us are you know, strategizing and in, in predicting where BC lands. Those are two teams you're going to be looking at as coin flips and games BC needs to take a, uh, take a W in. Uh, what game are you most interested in seeing this week? Um, overall, I'm, I'm probably inter- interested as it moves uh, a little bit further into the weekend when uh, you have Miami and LSU. Um, that's that's kind of one because I'm, I'm kind of – I uh, – I, 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 I actually grew up when I was younger liking the Canes. I liked all their swagger, and uh, so I, I kept following them, obviously, through the years. And uh, they're a team that um, I don't know if they were quite as good as their record was last year. Um, and I, I don't I don't know how they're going to handle LSU in a neutral site. You know, LSU is not as strong as they have been in past years. Um, and with that being said, uh, I'll, I'll probably be a little disappointed if Miami doesn't, uh, you know, beat LSU by double digits or so, because if they don't, I think that's 
a warning sign uh, that Miami might not be quite for real uh, just yet. So that's one I have an eye on. And another big one in the ACC, uh, Louisville and Alabama. Um, I, I think Alabama is going to roll them, but um, it's it's a big one for the ACC. Which which games do you have your eyes on this weekend? I, I'm looking at ACC matchups as well, and I think it's the first big ACC game of the weekend, which is Virginia Tech and Florida State. I think those are two oh, teams I'm really see where the, the two programs are at. Virginia Tech is a very young team. I just saw they have 20 freshmen and sophomores on their um, two deep going into that game. And, of course, Willie Taggart, I want to see what he's able to do with that Florida State program. I was actually kind of stunned. Um, at Florida State, I, I, I was reading – I thought I saw I saw James Blackman was starting, but then I thought I also heard DeAndre Francis is starting. Who's starting for Florida State this weekend? Have you heard? Uh, I do not know for sure. I mean, I was I was surprised when I heard a couple of weeks ago that Blackman had the upper hand because I thought uh, uh, Francois was uh, a really good quarterback two years ago, and I actually thought he was a dark horse for the Heisman last year before he went went down the first game and. When he, he got hurt in the first game, uh, he was actually doing quite well against Alabama. So I, I'm I'm shocked uh, that it's even being talked about. And yeah, he, we'll have to we'll have to check that. Uh, I, I don't know who they named the starter. I'm looking right now. Let's see, uh, he was named but, starter yesterday. So I swore I saw him that Blackman was going to start, but maybe they changed it between now and then. So, anyways, so that's our little talk about that. Um, you know, if you want to read more about what we were think, what our Eric and I have talked about in terms of um, placing, uh, you know, season rankings and national champions, uh, you can go to BC Interruption. We have a whole post where the football writers basically laid out the entire season and standings for all five major conferences, the playoffs, and um, the national champion. Eric, who did you pick again? I forget. For which one? National champion. Um, I think uh, I think that I had stuck with uh, Alabama, but I'd have to I'd have to check that. Well, with Clemson this year, I think uh, that. I mean, they have a great I have a great pass because I don't think anyone's going to challenge them in the ACC. So that that's they, they got a they got a hand up right there for sure. Yep, and. Um, I know you. You, <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit more. Let's let's switch gears a little bit since um, we're talking about Clemson. Um, Steve Adazio, I think both you and I are are kind of on the same page. I I see him taking the next turn uh, into um, becoming a decent coach this year. I think you're in more of the show me phase. What are, what are we thinking about this year? Do we think that Adazio finally has the weapons to to put together a uh, a positive season for the Eagles, or is he just going to continue to flop, flop around and, and, uh, you know, keep the team in mediocrity? What, I mean, what are you expecting to see out of him this year that might be different than last year? Or are you still thinking he's going to be the same old, uh, gym teacher that we're used to? Well, I get the gym teacher. That's the funniest name I have heard him call <laughs> through the years. Um, <laughs> I guess it's two different questions because what he has the talent for, I think, is I think if everything goes well, this is a team that has the talent to win 10 games if things broke right throughout the season. Um, I, I think that's that's their ceiling, and that's a hell of a ceiling to have, um, quite frankly, considering 
the history of the program in the last decade or two. Um, wh- what he does with it is, you know, a different question. Um, you know, we talked about it on our, our uh, banter article that's up on BCI right now that, you know, he has evolved a little bit as a head coach through the years. Uh, I mean, he, he was a guy who up until last year was still punting when BC would have a fourth and one at the opponent's 40-yard line. I mean, he he was coaching like it was 1983, and he's playing a football on the Atari. And I I looked up the stats last year, and I was surprised to see BC went for it on fourth down, uh, top ten in the nation, he had the most fourth down attempts going for it on fourth down. So that that surprised me, and I think he has uh, you know kind of involved in that department, but. Um, you know, one 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 area where I think all fans could agree, uh, he he's really got to um, kind of bring it together. Is at the the end of halves. I mean, there, there's still times when BC gets super conservative, and it, it feels like Adazio's turtling at the end of halves. Um, you know, you we've seen him really sit on leads at end of games too. Um, only only have opponents kind of sneak their way back in games. So. Um, that, that's really the one area with Adazio where I, I think he needs to keep evolving, and hopefully he does because you know coaching conservative like that that'll you know you'll you'll wind up with seven eight wins a year doing that every year, and that's great. But um, you know that doesn't get it done to win the conference title. None of these coaches that um, coach these conference title teams are coaching conservative anymore. It's not it's not the way teams play anymore um and and hopefully adazio keeps evolving like that um wh- what do you think adam um is, is that the only area you think adazio needs to improve in do you see any other areas where you'd like to see him improve for this upcoming season I, i'd like to see him improve in tighter games i think i think you mentioned it a little bit but those games yeah, that's where that you you uh that stat you had a couple of weeks ago, I think you retweeted it from a site, but that that was that was kind of eye popping about those those close losses. I don't quite remember what the stat was. Do you yeah, remember it offhand? He leads um, in the college football playoff era. He leads the nation in uh, losses of one touchdown or less. He had ten. Now, uh, you know, when you're looking at that, I kind of broke it down a little bit too because I looked it up. Five of those were in 2015, and that you know a mess so that's but I mean still you're not going to just discredit a whole season for that so you know he he, he's shown that he struggled in that game and I think that would be the next big step for him is to to really be able to not turtle and use that word again when the game gets close you see it every year there's like something that happens in a certain close game where he just falls apart and can't finish off a team um, and I think this year more than any worry me because, you know, I've been talking to a lot of different uh, outlets. I've, you know, interviewed with uh, different video shows. The, I, this is the first year in a long time for BC where you, you really, I mean, Clemson, you could say, but there really isn't a game where you're like automatic loss. This is an automatic loss for BC. There's games that are definitely going to be, they're going to not be favored, but I think there's a chance they could, you know, they have a chance in every game. They have the talent to do that. But what's going to take, what BC needs to do is, and what Adazio needs to do, he's going to have to win some of those close games because he can't blow out a, a, a talented team like Virginia Tech or Miami. You're going to have to battle with these teams. And every, you know, you see it with, you know, good coaches like Bill Belichick and, 
and Pete Carroll and stuff, it, one play can make, be the difference between a win and a loss. So he's got to be on his A game to do that. And he's going to have to take a step up to do that, you know? Yeah, you're right. And um, and that's the thing with their game style, too, uh, just, just by that and running the ball and, uh, you know, they're kind of their good defense. They're going to be in a lot of close games just, just by the style of play they have. So, to your point, that's what they need to do. And uh, um, I, I also your point, just, just kind of getting over the hurdle of beating – um, better teams, ranked teams, games they're not supposed to win. Um, there's, there was a stat that was in uh, the Phil Steele magazine this year that BC has dropped 10 straight games versus ranked opponents and by an average of 21 points per game. Um, and that, I think that kind of speaks about Adazio in a nutshell and people um, just kind of wanting him to get over the hurdle here of, of, of beating teams that are better than BC. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we'll switch gears again a little bit. Um, you know, so Adagio is obviously a big factor going in this year. But, you know, he's got his workhorse this year. He's got possibly, and I think he's better than Andre Williams, he's got a, a generational player for BC and A.J. Dillon. I was just on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Bleacher Report had an article out talking about how, you know, A.J. Dillon's that one superstar in college football that no one's heard about. He could be the next Leonard Fournette. He's going to be, you know, a Heisman candidate and a future NFL star. And what was really cool, that you know, that was a cool article in general. But then Leonard Fournette retweeted it and said, you know, he's going to be his own player. He's not going to be like me, but he's awesome. I love watching him play. And A.J. Dillon and him are going back and forth. So that was a kind of a cool little thing I saw today. Um, if you check that out on Twitter, I think BCI retweeted it. Um, but Dillon, he's, uh, you know, he's going to be a fun player to watch. You know, one of the stories I saw this, this summer that was really interesting is he's even been in better shape than he was last year. He was in good shape last year. He was coming off that injury from high school. But he gave up so – I think he said soda. He gave up soda – over the over the football season and lost even more weight to, to and put on more muscle, uh, so he's going to be even more chiseled than he was last year and more, you know, ready to make those hits. You know, Eric, what what does a guy like AJ Dillon do for an offense like BC? What does he give? What kind of options does he give uh, Scott Leffler in that offense? Um, you know, you brought up Andre Williams, and I I go a step further. I think he's probably the best talent they had since William Green uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, I, th- I think he's a legit um, first-round running back than in a future NFL draft. But um, um, I-, I think the biggest thing I'm excited about for him is, uh, you know, there has been talk from Dazio that they use him on third down this year more. Uh, more would be very easy because it was zero last year just about, but um, and, and I think that's going to open up the whole offense. If, if teams have to worry about Dylan catching balls in the flat, um, they're, they're going to have to assign a good defensive player onto him, which is going to open things up for uh, the wide receivers and Tommy Sweeney. So um, I, I think it's kind of a domino effect. If they can, if they can get him involved in the passing game a little bit, um, it's, it's going to reap rewards for everyone now. That's kind of the unknown, right? Because we we haven't seen him really catch passes out of the backfield before, so we're assuming he can do it. But um, that that's the one kind of mystery out there for 
uh, Dylan heading into this season, um, just as uh, can he do it? And uh, we're yeah, we're yeah. all kind of hoping he can. And uh, I I guess you know we all know what he's going to bring to the table. Who who do you think is the best candidate to kind of be his one A and uh, be someone that can count on from week to week? Because it felt like last year you'd have you know Kobe White would have a big big week and then you wouldn't hear from him for a couple weeks and same thing with Tommy Sweeney these guys have flashed and and shown they can do it but who do you think is a candidate to be kind of the guy that can be consistent and bring it every week like that I think it's going to be Tommy Sweeney this year I think he started to put it on near the end of last year and really started to put it together um especially when Dylan started to step in um I think with Anthony Brown you know a much better quarterback than Darius Wade um you know, towards the end of that, if they, if they had him at the end of last year, you would have seen Sweeney even more being uh, as a weapon. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to really step up. What I think is going to be really interesting this year is, um, you know, it could just be coaches talk because, you know, sometimes when they have their press conferences, you know, they're just saying whatever they want. But uh, Dazio had some interesting words about freshman running back uh, David Bailey um, on Monday he compared him to AJ Dillon saying he had a very similar skill set and reminded him of AJ Dillon last year. Um, you know, last year when it was Dillon, there was no one, there was no one behind him. John Hillman. I mean, I love, he was a great, you know, team player and it was exciting to watch him when he was younger. After that leg injury, he was never the same. Um, and, no, he wasn't. and Dillon had no one behind him last year, really. He had Travis Levy, but he's not an every down back. Um, but it sounds like uh, David Bailey, this freshman, could be that guy. So maybe after a couple of weeks of getting used to the system and, and easing into it, um, he could be, you know, he could become a two-headed monster for for Adazio and really uh, open up that game. So he, I, I, I hope, thought he, I, I hope that he, I hope that he is. Um, I, that's another one I'll have to believe to see it, only because Adazio in the past has really kind of hyped up different running backs. Um, almost like to keep them happy when they're the ones not getting the ball a lot. He did it with Hilleman all last year, trying to tell us how great he looked, and you know we could see it with our own two eyes. And uh, I'm drawing a blank um, in previous years. Some of some of the guys he he hyped up too um, when they were kind of the backup running back. Um, I, I know Davon Davon Jones was a guy he he hyped up a lot, and he he did all right when he got in there. But um, so um, wait. That would be great. That would be great if they had a backup to Dylan. Um, that would just be bonus icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. So let's let's hope uh, it wasn't just hype for Medazio. Yeah, and so uh, those are two of the big topics going into this year. Um, now let's talk about UMass. Um, this is the first game of the season. UMass, it's their second. They played Duquesne last week and um, crushed them. It was like 62-20 or something like that. But it, obviously – a game against an FCS cream puff like Duquesne. I don't know how much you could actually read into a game like that. Their fans seem to, but whatever. They can do what they want. Um, this is the first game for BC, so you got to hope that they're, they're going in. On, they're coming in on home, their home turf this year. This isn't going to be a game that they, they have to shake off a ton of rust because you, UMass, you know, even if it was a game, game against Duquesne, they're, they're projected to have a pretty solid offense this year. Mark Whipple's not a, te- a guy that um, – he, he's not known to have offenses that are going to stutter. So, you know, they, get, they could put up points if BC struggles. Are you worried at all about this game? Um, no, I'm not, only because I don't think, I don't think um, UMass can stop the BC offense. Um, that's that's kind of the separator of these two teams. I, I 
you know, I'm I'm on board with you uh, with most things you said. That I think UMass has a good offense. Um, I mean, Andrew Ford is a solid quarterback. Uh, Marquise Young at running back. Um, they they got a lot of players on on offense, and uh, um, I I think I, I think it's going to test BC's secondary. You know, we we know about the safeties and no fly zone, but I, I don't think I'm totally on board that. Uh, the BC's cornerbacks are as good as the hype's been getting for that secondary. Um, I'm I'm not totally comfortable um, with those guys yet at corner. Um, I, I need to see a little bit more. Uh, Cheever's played well at times last year, but that's not a big sample size. So um, I, I think it's going to be a good early season test for uh, some of those cornerbacks, and uh, um, I'm excited to see, to see them now and uh, see if they can they they can pass the test. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I mean, UMass has traditionally been pretty much junk on defense. I, I think that's that's the one area where they really have trouble recruiting, and most of these, you know, low-level um, D1 schools have trouble recruiting is, is getting good defensive players in there. Um, and, uh, you know, B- BC has shown in almost every other appearance against UMass that they, they, they can run at will against them when they really want to. So, um, I think I think it it has it has the makings of an interesting game for a half or so. Um, I, I think that 18 point Vegas point spread is probably pretty accurate to what we're going to see. I, I think there's BC's going to win so, somewhere between uh, you know 17, 24 points in that ballpark. So um, I, I, you've been having fun with the UMass fans on Twitter all week. Are you are you prepping for a, a BC? 30 plus point blowout or how, how do you truly see this game going uh you you mentioned 17 to 24 points yeah if you haven't checked me out on twitter i had some fun i've, I've been having fun with uh umass twitter they've had their hashtag bc hate week going on which has been hilarious if you check that out you can see some of their uh their great things like uh I, they, earlier today they had some the militia whatever um, tweeting out what BC uh, tailgating looks like, and they decided to show pictures of the mod lot, which is like probably lowest on in terms of like actual tailgaters uh, versus their tailgates. Um, and, and you know they're calling me mad, all that kind of crap, whatever. It's actually really funny, so check it out if you get a chance. I'm at BC Hysteria on Twitter. Um, I think it's going to be uh, more on the upper end of what you were saying. I still think it'll be like a 24 point game. Um, I don't have a clue how that defense is going to stop A.J. Dillon. Um, BC's offensive line, as you said, um, when they want to run the ball, they can run the ball, and they're just going to sh- – I, I, they're going to be able to push that defense off the ball pretty easily, and I think Anthony Brown will have some plays. Um, and I, I have a little bit more faith in the BC secondary than you do. Um, I like Cheevers, and I think that um, some, some – Good play up front will force some bad throws from Ford um, with Zach Allen. I think he's going to have a big game. And I like Wyatt Ray. I, I think he's been overshadowed in, in years past, but I think this might be the year where he really steps up. So I'm predicting like a 24-point win. Um, I think BC is going to look good. I think they're going to come out strong. They might let up a touchdown or two late in the game to kind of close it out. But um, I think it'll be a pretty easy win for the Eagles. Um, now, Eric, you going to be going to the game on Saturday? Um. 
I am not, and uh, I, I guess I, I guess I should have set up plans to do it because I heard that uh, Nesson is showing some out-of-town ACC action instead of uh, BCU Mass, which is a whole other conversation. But um, are you going to have uh, your tailgate up and ready to go, or what's your plans for Saturday? So my whole uh, – so it's been years – actually, it's been now two years since I've tailgated. Um, you know, a lot of my friends have aged out. They have families now, so it's it's been harder to get people to come to tailgate. Um, I um, I meet up with some other friends, the friends of the blog. Um, Joe Grab, we used to run the site. I see him usually, or Dan Rubin. Joey. I yep, I see them. Um, I see um, some of the other guys. Uh, that Claver two twenty ten, I think his name is. He, he works around. I see them tailgating every now and then. Um, I'm going to probably go with one of my friends now, like my life as, um, I put it on Twitter. Um, I'm having our, fir- we're having our first child in like a couple weeks. So this will probably be my last game. I'll be able to go to this for a while. <laughs> um, oh man. I already, though, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the last game this season I'm going to be able to go to <laughs> because, um, I already got plans in place for my, uh, mother, my mother, and my mother-in-law to come and watch the baby so I could go to Miami. So I'm going to be at that. Oh, I'm yeah. sure I got that one lined up. But, um, you know, my wife is due in middle of September, so I'm not going to risk it with Holy Cross just in case anything happens, you know, like she goes in labor or whatever. But I have permission to go to this game. <laughs> I'm going to go with some friends. I'm really pumped, too. You know, I saw the thing on um, the news yesterday that they expanded beer sales at uh, Alumni Stadium. To include Harpoon IPA, um, Sam Adams, Cider, and all sorts of good stuff. And they doubled the amount of kiosks they had. So, so I want to give a shout-out to Martin Jarman for uh, listening wow, to fans. That's great, especially the extra kiosks. I know that was an issue at times. They were getting that crowded. Yeah, the games I went to last year, the lines were ridiculous. So I'm glad he – you know, it, it, I appreciate when BC um, Athletics listens to the fan base – and makes adjustments because sometimes they just like whatever and just keep doing what they're doing. But Martin seems to be doing a great job with like trying to key into what we're looking for and making adjustments. So I'm really pumped about that. You know, beer's always fun and it's great that they have, they're expanding sales and things like that. Um, so anyway, so well, I'm going gonna, gonna to have to hook up with, uh, with you guys at one of these games and bring, uh, bring us some of my barbecue and have you guys test it out. Oh, yeah. Eric is uh, quite the barbecue person. Eric, want to plug your Instagram so people can find you? Sure, yeah, definitely. Follow me on Instagram, Hoffa BBQ, H-O-F-F-A-B-B-Q. I uh, have my own little barbecue catering side business here, so check me out on Instagram. Uh, make some good stuff. Yeah, I, I can't recommend that enough. Check him out at Hoffa BBQ on, um, on Instagram. His food looks amazing, so, you know, you can find out where he's he's doing his grilling and uh, find that and, and uh, check that out as well. Um, so yeah, it's our first game of the year, um, it, and people are excited about it. And I'm glad that BCI Radio is back. Um, yes, let's keep it going play. until the baby's born, at least. Well, you know, even if and even then, you can sneak out for a couple minutes when it's napping, and we'll fire up a pod. Exactly. What do babies do? They just eat pe- eat poop and sleep, right? Yeah, first couple months, anyways. Yeah, so that'll get me through football season. I would real um, quick. I I totally I totally flaked earlier. I <laughs> I actually picked Clemson to go all the way like you did. Uh, I went back and looked at my picks and I I blanked earlier in the pod and I forgot who I picked, but it was Clemson. And uh, 
most of that was because I'm so confident they're going to come out of the ACC that I think they'll be in the playoffs, and um, they're they're probably the most. I'm probably more confident that Clemson will be in the playoffs than any other team in the country. So that that was part of that pick. But um, also, speaking of the playoffs, if, if any of our listeners uh, you know like to dabble in the gambling, which you know is legal now, um, there's some some ju- juicy national title dark horses out there. I see. I, I saw. Stanford today was seventy to one, um, and I saw the Texas Longhorns were fifty to one, and those are both teams I think um, have the talent and the coaching uh, to surprise some teams this year. Not not a gimme by any means, and that's why they're kind of long shots. But uh, if anyone dabbles in that, check out those odds. I like those long odds and uh, um, for this season. All right, Eric. So that wraps up our first episode. We made it for about a half hour today. So. Uh, so for plugs, check us out on Twitter at BC Interruption. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at BC Hysteria. And Eric, you can follow at H- at EG Hossess, H-O-F-F-S-E-S. Um, you can find us on Instagram at BC underscore Interruption. I run that site, so it's a lot of football talk on there. Uh, not so much of the hockey talk as you might see on the site. Um, uh, you can follow us, obviously, on Facebook, you know, Look out for us on social media. Um, hopefully, we'll be doing this again next week where we can prep for Holy Cross. Yay! Uh, <laughs> the rivalry. The rivalry. So I saw uh, someone was telling me there's a book on the BC Holy Cross rivalry um, that's out oh, there. Not the snoozer. That'll yeah. put me to sleep. <laughs> well, both of us live over by Holy Cross now. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Actually. Actually, Eric, I was going to tell you I offline, but um, I ended up at uh, Treehouse Brewing over the weekend. Oh, you been there yet? The, oh yeah, that's the best the best around in Worcester County. Maybe maybe all of Massachusetts. I got there later in the day, so that was actually great because I know the lines can be ridiculous in the morning. Oh, um, wasn't crowded later in the day. Uh no, it was about a half hour wait for beers. Um, but if oh, you haven't been that. there, oh my god. <laughs> It was it was amazing. I had a pregnant wife to drive my drunk ass around. Um, wow, good good deal. Yeah, so it it was it was fun. It's a good spot. Um, they had food trucks and music playing. So if you ever get a chance, uh, people out there, it's it's about an hour outside of Boston. Uh, it's well worth it if you haven't checked out. It's Treehouse Brewing. Um, check them out. So hopefully we'll be on again next week. Uh, make sure you follow us on iTunes as well. Uh, rate us, give us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. Um, and we'll check you out later. So uh, this is us, uh, Eric and AJ signing off. As always, go Eagles. See you guys.